and welcome to the Circular Economy podcast, where we find out how circular approaches make a better business and a better world. I'm Catherine Wheatman of Rethink Global, and I'll be chatting to those people making the circular economy happen, rethinking how we design, make and use everything. We'll talk to entrepreneurs and business owners, social enterprises and leading thinkers. We'll find out how circular principles can create value, increase resilience and reduce risk to make a competitive, sustainable organisation. You'll find the show notes and links at www.circulareconomypodcast.com where you can subscribe to updates and useful resources. I'm recording this on the 12th of November 2019, with the UK election campaigns dominating the news and sustainability and climate change as priorities for some of the main parties, though not the current government, the Conservatives. I'm in the middle of a new chapter for the second edition of my Circular Economy Handbook on packaging, and I'm really struggling to fit everything in. There's lots to cover on new materials, product designs and new business models. In today's episode, I'm talking to Matilda Jarbin, Sustainability Manager of GIAB, a Swedish company with a business model based on the circular economy. In 2017, Matilda was nominated as one of the top 30 young sustainability talents in Sweden. She's also a board member of CradleNet, which is Sweden's platform for knowledge and networking around the circular economy. GIAB works with a wide range of business partners, repairing products for reuse and resale. We'll hear how GIAB got started back in 2012, working with insurance companies. We find out how GIAB adds value for its clients and how it's expanding into new products, markets and services. It's a fantastic example of how simple ideas can convert potential waste into valuable resources, providing wide-ranging benefits for both businesses and society. Let's talk to Matilda. Hello, Matilda, and welcome to the Circular Economy podcast. Um, Perhaps you could start by telling us where you're calling from today. Hello, uh, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm calling from uh, from Sweden, from the very south part of Sweden, close to Malmö. Okay, and are you into um, very uh, dark days and winter de- winter weather now? Um, not the winter, but uh, it's um, it's not so nice weather. A lot of rain and very dark outside, so. Not so nice. No, no, those winter days when it sometimes it never quite feels like it gets light, does it? Yeah. So, so, and um, you you work for a company called GIAB. Uh, you were recommended in one of our early co- podcasts by Katie Whalen when uh, I interviewed her. She talked a lot about GIAB and recommended it as one of the good examples of circular economy startup. So perhaps you could tell us what kind of services GIAB offers for its customers and how it's circular. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. Um, So we have uh, circular business models and our business idea is to develop and implement routines and business models based on circular economy. 
And we're doing this uh, by reusing products. So not recycling, reusing. Mm -hmm. And um, we see our customers' waste as a very valuable resource. So uh, we started 2012 and uh, we had this business idea actually for the Swedish insurance companies that when you have a claim in the in the insurance systems in Sweden, earlier when we didn't exist, uh, you as a claim holder got money from your insurance company, but you also kept your broken product. So everything started with um, an idea that we should collect and manage and reuse all those claims. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it was we were not thinking about circular economy or sustainability. We just saw that in this system something was wrong. Okay. Um, so so uh, there were um, uh, two people, um, Patrick Salewski and uh, Christian Johnson, and they came up with this idea and started to work with the small insurance companies in Malmö, uh, where they started to collect the the claims. So how um, uh, the, the new way of running the, the whole claim policy was that if you will get money from the insurance company, you have to send your broken product to Giab. Mm-hmm. Or if it was a large product, we would uh, come and, and pick it up. Mm. And when uh, we started doing that, we realized a lot of things. One of them was that the products were repairable and they were also in good shape and that we could sell them. Mm -hmm. They had a high value since you actually used your home insurance for this broken product. Uh, We also realized that it was a lot of electronics, a lot of smartphones and computers, laptops. Mm -hmm. And we also realized that there was a lot of the claims that we never saw the product. Right. Where actually the claim, the claim was closed. And still today, it's about 30% that they will never send the product into us. So it means that it's 30% of savings for the insurance companies. Mm. And when we realized that, we also we thought, okay, this could be a, a great business because we can actually... Uh, we can take care of these products. And there is also a business case for the insurance company. So it's a win-win. So, so, so for that 30% that doesn't come back, are you doing things to try and reduce that percentage? Um, so you, for, the, for the claims that are submitted for broken products, you're, getting, you're recovering about 70% of them, but 30% um, mm-hmm. are just you know staying... Um, with the consumer or maybe were a, a bogus claim, I guess? Uh, yes. Well, no, we actually not because we don't want uh, the system to be overused or what you can call it. Mm-hmm. So if 30% never show up, I think that, okay, you shouldn't use your insurance for this claim. And maybe that was, you know, the person that actually owned the products that's like, okay, I shouldn't use my home insurance for this small uh, scratch or, the, you know, uh, the product might not be that damaged. So we will not focusing on uh, 
on on those on those claims where we never see. We focus on those that we actually collect here and manage them. Right. So, are you saying it's certain types of low value products that don't come back then, or or some other reason um, why they don't come no, back? No, I, I I can't speculate in in, in the reasons, but mm. uh, I mean the. It's very important to talk about this thirty percent because that's you know when you when the insurance company tells their claim holder that you have to send your product to Giab mm. to actually get your money from us, thirty percent say okay, no, thank you, I don't want to use my insurance. Ah, I so see I what, think, you, I know, see what you mean. Okay, uh, yeah, sorry, I yeah, misunderstood. So I was uh, thinking thirty yeah, percent. Yeah. The claim went ahead and you still didn't get the product back. But what oh, happens no. is that 30% of the claims don't get followed through, so the, so the insurance yeah. company saves the money and, yeah, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so 30% say, no, thank you, I don't want to use my insurance. Mm -hmm. And it's very important because earlier they got money for the claim. Mm. So it's a lot of money that the insurance company saves. Yeah. And also um, the claim holder, you know, our all together the people in sweden yes yeah yeah That's oh great how the system is built yeah yeah okay so um yeah so uh, it was the uh, three very uh, interesting findings and uh, we started to um repair products we um uh, employed a lot of uh, technicians that could repair computers and so on when it comes to smartphones we realized, okay, we will repair these phones, we will sell them, but actually the claim holder will get money from the insurance company to go and get a new phone. And when a new model, for example, a new iPhone uh, is put on the market, actually the claims will rise. So, right. okay, we, we don't want to, to uh, like support that system. So then we got the idea, okay, why would the claim holder give money back to go and buy a new phone? Uh, he or she could get a repaired phone back. So that's a service we started in 2015. Sorry. We call it Mobile Circle. And it means that as a claim holder, you don't get cash, you get a repaired phone back. Right, uh, and it's our like it's one of the largest um, business area in our company still today because we collect around three hundred phones every day, and we will um, repair them uh, and and send repaired and remanufactured phones back to the claim holder. So, as the claim holder, do you? have the choice to wait and get your own phone back or do you mm -hmm. have to just accept um, the same model and condition of phone that that was already yeah. in in your system that that's you know mm -hmm. ready that's already repaired and ready to go what how does that work mm -hmm. um some claim holder get their own phone back if it's you know just a screen mm -hmm. it's quite easily and fast fixed so you get your own phone back mm -hmm. and sometimes you get your a pre-repaired phone back but we we actually have the question do you want to have your in some cases 
the claim holder gets a question, would you like to have a phone back in 24 hours? Mm -hmm. And then you will get the pre-repaired phone back if you know you really need a phone. Yeah. Otherwise, we have uh, five days um, in our deal with the insurance company that, yeah, we have five days to fix this. Right. So that's mm -hmm. that's good from the user's point of view then, isn't it? That you get yeah. that the, get the option to wait for your own phone, um, mm -hmm. or have a mm -hmm. have a fast turnaround and get one that's already been mm -hmm. um, repaired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So great. So, yeah. So that was the the idea from the beginning, mm -hmm. and it's um, it's uh, quite fun because when uh, these entrepreneurs started this company, they didn't think of circular economy, but yeah. Uh, I uh, met them during 2015. Mm -hmm. I was working as a sustainability consultant and helped them with, uh, uh, with, with work. And I said, oh, but guys, this is circular economy. This is something everyone talks about. Everyone wants to do this in practice. Uh, but we, a lot of people don't know how. And the companies, you know, it's a lot in theory. But you actually you are doing this. So, and they didn't know about circular economy. So it was a very interesting meeting and a very good match. So we started to talk about circular economy and did this, okay, this is a service that we actually will sell to our customer and it's a sustainability and circular economy case that we sell. We mm -hmm. are not a repair shop. Mm. Um, so that was a very important turnaround for the company because we started to talk with the sustainability managers at the, the large companies and we actually to all our customers uh, we provide them with the sustainability reports and it uh, includes uh, how much waste is saved and how much carbon dioxide emissions saving savings um, since we are reusing the products and that, that number, so the data uh, in the sustainability report is very important because when we are working with large companies, you know, they have to, according to the law, they have to do a sustainability report every year. And we can actually provide them with the data if they use us and, and work with us. Mm. So I can imagine there were sustainability managers at some of your clients who didn't know you were even um, working with with the company and suddenly you present them with a load of additional mm -hmm. sustainability yeah, benefits yeah, that they yeah. had no no idea about <laughs> so that must have been mm -hmm. a good a good year for those mm -hmm. those managers mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah so, so did that did that help you to expand your customer base or um, yes. you know yeah yeah when uh, when we uh, contacted new clients and tried to sell our service, we almost always contacted the sustainability manager first, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah. And uh, I have to uh, also say that today we, of course, it's not just working with uh, the insurance companies, but that's how it all started. So, mm. and it's still a very important business for us. So, so what other kind of co companies are you working with now? Uh, yes, we are working with logistics companies. Mm -hmm. We are taking care of damaged goods, goods that's been damaged during transportation, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, and we collect all those broken products. Sometimes the, 
product is fine. It's just the packaging that is broken. Yeah. And we uh, try to repair and uh, upcycle and, and, and we sell all these products. Uh, and for example, we also do the same procedure with the e-commerce. Because mm. today where we do a lot of shopping at the uh, internet, we mm-hmm. have uh, free delivery and free returns. And the returns are very expensive to manage. Mm. So we, um, a lot of e-commerce in Sweden, they actually send it abroad. To, con- to countries where it's not that expensive to take care of, uh, or some products actually just go to waste, mm. even if they're not used. Yeah. So we we take care of returns and reclamations for the e-commerce, and it's a growing area where we started this year actually, mm-hmm. or last year. Yeah. And um, is it and is it still mainly for um, electronic products, or have you expanded into other? types of products Mm, yes we also uh, i mean since um, from the insurance companies we get all kinds of products uh, mainly electronics there's also everything you can imagine actually but from the e-commerce and logistics company it's very a lot but uh, i think electronics and furniture and um yeah, I think those are the main products, but we also get clothes and uh, um, yeah, different kind of stuff you have in your home. Mm. Like um, yeah. So, but, so um, have you had to build? Home. Have you had to build partnerships with other specialist repairers, or do you repair everything in house? We repair the most of the things in-house mm-hmm. uh, the one thing that we we actually use other web repairment uh, companies is the smartphones because it's um it's a different and very complex uh, business area mm. and you know you have apple authorization for example and you have the same at samsung and we need to work with the large repairment companies that are global because it's um, it's an area where maybe if you are a tiny player like we are if we look globally it's it can be very difficult to get spare parts for example mm. sometimes we need to have this authorization and we don't uh, yeah so different um it's different reasons, but we need to work with other companies to, to actually get remanufactured phones, for example. Mm. Well, Apple yeah. particularly is is not keen on anybody taking its no. products apart, is it? Even if even if you're the user, um, yeah. they do everything they can to prevent re- prevent you from repairing it yourself. And um, yeah. there were, yeah. I think there was a bit of a um, I don't know if it was a scandal or just some complaints um a year or so ago when um people had say replaced a a screen in their apple um and then um that had somehow contravened um you know the the um the apple guidelines and they weren't then able to get upgrades and all that sort of stuff because they'd uh apple deemed the product had been tampered with (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um yeah. yeah Um, so yeah. they some some manufacturers, you know, it's it's the exact opposite of Fairphone's model, isn't it? Of trying to make it very easy for people mm-hmm. to repair yeah. at home and and um, avoid all the um, the time and complication involved in 
sending something away to be repaired. Yeah. So great. So what about mm -hmm. your plans for the next phase of GIAB? It already sounds like you've expanded a lot since the, those beginnings in 2012, but um, are you able yes. to tell us what, what you're planning at the moment or is that is that uh, top secret? <laughs> uh, no, it's not top secret. We are uh, growing very fast. We are uh, growing geographically. So we have started a business in, in Norway. We did that two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we plan to start in Denmark and Finland. So we will run the business in the whole Scandinavia. And it's both for the insurance companies, but also for the e-commerce. But we also, we are working with the producer. Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, Box Siemens, we take care of products from their production. And that's a new area where we actually, you know, start to work directly with the producer. And we started that this year. So, um, so would that be damage from the production process or, or yes, returns yes. from their customers or both? No, those products have, uh, they have never been uh, on the market. So it's right. directly from the production. Yeah. Right. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we also have a, a consultancy business area um, that we started this year because we have a lot of organization calling us and you know they say we, we know that you are working with the circular economy and you have a circular business model we want to do that too will you would you like to help us so we actually have four consultants that um, that helping other com uh, companies with um, yeah transform to a circular economy Right. And so are you seeing mm -hmm. an awful lot more appetite for repair and reuse and so on? Are people really starting to see the value potential in it? Yes, definitely. I mean, one of uh, uh, our clients is um, IKEA mm -hmm. and uh, they, you know, yeah. they have a very linear model and they want to be circular by 2030. So they need to start refurbish IKEA furniture. And we're looking a lot into the return logistics. How can you, as a company, get your product back when you have actually sold them and you don't own them anymore, but you want them back after using them? Mm. And if you are a large company with so many products, you know, it's, it's different to manage and you need to come up with different business models and more efficient ways to handle all, handle all this uh, return logistics. Mm. Yeah. And I think particularly for things like self-assembly furniture, some of it, mm -hmm. some of it goes together in a very much a kind of um, a one way process. Um, you mm -hmm. know, some some of the yes. fixings allow you to unfix it very easily, but others mm -hmm. are much more difficult. And, um, you know, they, something kind of locks together and then can't be unlocked. So if you need mm -hmm. to then um, flat pack it again for return or even moving mm -hmm. house then um you know you're, you're yeah. likely to damage the product so it, it all goes back to the design of the product doesn't it like like yes. fairphone do designing it so that it's um, mm -hmm. modular and i know ikea yeah. are very good at only using that you know they try to limit the number of fixings that they have across their range so that lots of fixings can be used in a, a wide range of different products and so on but thinking mm -hmm. of all those yes. kind of modular designs um, to make things both easy to assemble, easy to repair, and to limit the amount of inventory that you have to carry. Um, those mm -hmm. are all important design um, mm -hmm. elements, yes. aren't they? 
Yeah, exactly. Great. So mm -hmm. what, what's your, if, if a business is listening to this and thinks, um, you know, wow, um, that's given me some ideas for how I can start a circular economy business, what would your mm -hmm. top tip be from the learnings of the last six to seven years with GEB? Oh, it's a difficult question. Um, of course, it depends in what business area you are working in. But I, I think that it's very important to, to look into circular economy, to, to uh, get the knowledge about it, because we also can see that uh, we talk about sustainability, we talk about climate and reduce your uh, carbon dioxide emissions. And it's very important but uh, we have to raise the knowledge about circular economy. Uh, you have to be very brave if you will transform your business model. For example, uh, stop selling a product and start selling a service. It's a very big step for mm -hmm. big companies. So you have to be very brave and you have to like collaborate with other companies and organizations. You can't do this by yourself. And that's we have learned so much about that. We see our customers as business partners. And as, as I said, we are working with Apple. I mean, Apple maybe see us as a concurrent and maybe we should see them. But no, we have to work together somehow because if we're not doing that, this won't happen. Uh, we would not have been able to reuse so many phones if we are not working with Samsung and Sony and Apple, for example. So mm. it's also very important. Mm. Mm -hmm. And has your, do you think the relationship with the insurance companies has helped persuade big players like Apple and Samsung to work with you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a very, it's an, uh, it's a very nice reference to work with an insurance companies. We have gone through a lot of you know, audits, and they have really looked into our business to see how we work and everything. So, mm. yes, of course. So you've, mm. so you've had to really convince them that you're very professional and that you can meet mm -hmm. the, the... Yes. Um, that your repairs and refurbishments meet the same standards that they would apply during the manufacturing process. Yes, and, and also that we have a large volume because... Mm -hmm that's also some important and, and today we are actually have the services that we have for the insurance companies when it comes to electronics we also have for companies that buy their their computer and smartphones so for example that as a company you could buy we uh, re reused phones from us instead mm -hmm. of new one mm -hmm. and you act we also collect used computers and uh, phones so, and now when we have started to work more with different kinds of companies and taking care of their electronics, it's also very good to have a reference like an insurance company. Because when it comes to electronics, it's a lot about safety and, you know, we have to erase all the data and mm -hmm. all that kind of questions. And you know that it's, when you work with an insurance company, it's, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's waterproof, we say in Sweden. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if people yeah. say that. Maybe. Yeah, watertight, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you've, um, you know, the company's really expanded its its offer and its range of clients mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. designed a very, uh, not just a circular, but a very 
broad-based and resilient business model, you know, expanding mm. into different mm. product areas yeah. and now yeah. geographically and so on. Um, so it sounds like it's got tremendous poten potential to keep um, growing and, yeah, and keeping so. increasing so. <laughs> increasing the um, the uptake of the circular economy. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So Matilda, who, sorry, were you going to add something else? Oh, no, I was, yeah, I was just, uh, I was just saying that some people think that, as you said, we're working, working with such a wide range of products and wide range of business areas. So some people say that, oh, you're working with everything. Should you shouldn't narrow it? Maybe. I mean, it's we have a we have a store. We're working with insurance companies, e-commerce, logistics. You know, so from outside, it maybe seems to be so much, but we think we have a very red thread. You know, it's everything is connected because mm. uh, everything we do is reusing. Mm. So and you know, it doesn't matter if it's a computer or a sofa or a music instrument and if it's from an insurance company or e-commerce or from, you know, Ikea, it doesn't matter because it's the same procedure and we manage all the products uh, uh, at the exactly same way mm. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So you have similar, similar processes in terms of yes. making decisions about what's fit for refurbishment and, and, uh, and what's not and so on. And did you say you have mm -hmm. a, have a physical store as well, or is it an online store? How do you, um, uh, yeah, we have uh, an online store and one physical store here in um, Sweden. Mm. Yeah. And um, are most of your products resold locally for the ones that don't go back to the original um, yeah. person? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're not so you're not exporting. Um, no. Overseas. Great. So that shows that there's a there is a healthy local market for refurbished products as well. Then, which is which is good to know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, Matilda, um, that's brilliant. That's given us a really good overview of um, what sounds like a, a tremendously successful and forward thinking business. Um, is there anybody that you'd recommend as a future guest for the program? Um, I was actually two weeks ago, I was in the US uh, talking about circular economy and I went with the uh, Osa Stenemark from EVL. It's a Swedish environmental institute. Mm -hmm. And she, she knows so much about the next step, which is recycling. Uh, she knows a lot about, about classics recycling and textile recycling. And they're working with also new business models and how we can reuse the materials because that's also something we need to do uh, much more and how we can improve that. So I learned a lot of talking to her, so I would recommend her. I shall email you afterwards to, to make yes. sure I've spelled that properly. Yes. Fantastic. And what about if people want to find out more about GIAB or get in touch? How, sh how should mm -hmm. they um, get in touch with you, Matilda? Uh, you can go to our website. It's a little bit difficult in, in English, but it's gutsinlosen. Dot se. Uh, you could also um, look uh, look up our store. It's uh, returhuset.se. So yeah, it's Swedish because we are in Sweden now <laughs> and not England. Sure. But uh, yeah. yeah, that would be the best way. 
Okay, great. So again, I'll get those spellings from you so we make sure we've yes. got them correctly. And we'll put those in the show notes so people can look those up and find out more about what you oh, do. Oh, cool. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, that's been really great. interesting, Matilda. Um, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. And good luck with the next phase of Circular Economy Business Models for GIAB. Oh, thank you so much. It was uh, very nice to be in this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the circular economy, why not go back and listen to episode one? Head over to rethinkglobal.info or buy my book, A Circular Economy Handbook for Business and Supply Chains, which takes you through the practicalities, including lots of real examples from around the world. You can get in touch via the website, rethinkglobal.info or send us a tweet at rethink underscore global. Please let us know what you think of the podcast and you can help other people find it by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. See you next time. Bye.